0: Hello, internet. This is Chase Watson, A.K.A. the Red Shirt King. Welcome to a very special edition of the Less Than Legends podcast. Uh, I just finished wrapping up a recording for the Analyst Desk podcast, which, if you didn't see me on there last week, you should totally go check it out. I was on this week with uh, veteran EU, who you might know as the guy who coined the hashtag EUphoria phrase, and uh, Edelweiss, A.K.A. Barry Lee, the guy who was once a translator for uh for korea these were obviously some very high profile guests i did a lot of prep work it was a very stressful day overall trying to make sure that i could keep up with two uh great personalities in their own right and so i decided it was time to add a very different feel we're going a little goofy <laughs> and i can't think of anyone i would rather go goofy with than my good friend skyler Skylar, how you doing man
1: i'm doing great hello everybody it's me Skylar. The guy who is the opposite of preparation, the opposite <laughs> of an established personality. I am nothing to compete with in my own right. Fear me.
0: <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? You know, the, I, one of the things I pride myself on with this Lesson Legends podcast, and you people at home who listen to this podcast, I assume that you agree because you're still listening to this kind of thing, is that we have a mix of and, different people on here. We have a mix of different types of casts and different kinds of of feels for all these things. If you want my super serious, you know, analytical point of view, you know that we've had episodes like this. You can listen to all the stuff that Walter Fetchuk and I have been doing on Unicoin with our guest, The Lions podcast. You can listen to some of the other podcasts I have coming out this week. This is going to be much more just two friends who love League of Legends who just want to talk about the games we saw because it's really fun to talk about games that we saw with your friends. You know, This that's- is where it
1: all started, man.
0: This is This is where it started. This was... What was it? Was it was over two Uh, years ago now? Because we were we did it was like five years ago, wasn't it? Well, I'm talking podcasting. Yes, you were the one who got me into season one world championship, right? But we didn't start recording. Yeah, man. It was the season three NA spring playoffs, and we were talking about because I I remember very clearly because we were talking about Good Game University, my favorite team in the history of League of Legends, and we were breaking down whether or not they could keep this miracle run going. That's how far back we go.
1: That's like three years ago at this point, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, season three springs to so two and a half. It's uh, it's the crazy time. What a time to be alive! Yeah. Look at yeah, look, look at how far we've gone. You know, now uh, SKT is the best team in the world. Oh wait, that was still true then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some things have changed. Uh, and let's let's start with that SKT team that has still managed to be the best team in the world right now. They had a series against AHQ in the quarterfinals. And I, I guess my first question to you, Skylar, is was this the best of five that you were expecting SKT to come out swinging with? Or do you think there were some, some holes or some things that they did better than you were expecting?
1: Um, good question. Uh, I, I think that this is exactly what I expected from them um, because I don't think that this is their final form. And I don't think that... Uh, I think that they'll come out even stronger in the next series. Especially considering that I think that AHQ was perhaps a more substantial opponent um, than... Well, perhaps more akin to or- Origin uh, rather than uh, like the product of Flash Wolves versus, versus Origin, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so... Basically, what I'm saying is that I think that SKT showed a bit more... Um, I, I, think, I think they even showed a bit more resilience than I, than I expected in this series because HQ is a team with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And uh, teams in a situation like them have a propensity to take a game off of uh, a team in a best-of-five situation. Yet, uh, SKT showed that they had their big boy pants on, and they're not messing around this time, ladies and gentlemen. This is the SKT that try-hards 100% of the time, that goes undefeated for months at a time in best of fives. I think they really showed up.
0: Yeah, there's something people need to keep in mind. SKT this regular season went 17-1 and one in best of threes uh, throughout the regular season. That one... Loss was the CJ Antis who, as as a hardcore CJ Antis fan that would love to take credit for that, uh, you replay that series ten times and we lose nine and a half of them. Yeah, like that was that was about as fluky as, as fluky wins go.
1: Um, well, that's what that's also what happens when you have Coco on your team. As a, as an aside,
0: uh, by the way, should I just start preparing his farewell letter when he goes to China this off season, <laughs> or do I have to formally wait for him to leave?
1: Uh, how's your, how's your Korean dude?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, cause you out. better get writing that letter. <laughs> you know, the good news is that once he and Madlife leave, I no longer have to care about CJ Antis, So I've got that going for me. I'm ready, is that good Korean, news, Chase? I'm ready to become a Korean free agent. My time with CJ Antis it was a beautiful time in my life, but I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go to new and better things. Yeah. And I'm ready to find a Korean team that'll treat me right. That won't yeah. just... Build a team in which there's only one damage threat in the entire time, and you know if you stop that one guy, that it's game over. But going back yeah. to this SKT AHQ series, <laughs> because that's what we're talking about supposedly, it, um, it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's one of those things where one of the things I was expecting was AHQ to underperform, because AHQ in week one did exactly that. Week two, they obviously looked a lot better. They still lost to Fnatic, but it was a very close game. They went three and one in that second week overall. I felt like they were somewhere in between those two teams, more realistically. You know, something you know, not as good as they looked in week two, where Ziv was having these monster games and where On was just going godlike on his jinx, and the Tom Kent from Albus was finally making him look like a support that deserved to be at Worlds instead of one of the five worst players there, which is what the <laughs> statistics told us beforehand. But at the end of the day, it was it. it it was a team that still performed to that level. I thought they looked just as good as they did in the second week of the group stage. It just didn't matter because at the end of the day, this uh, this SKT team was just that much better. So so looking at, at game one, what do you think was the tipping point for SKT in this? What um, led to their victory there?
1: Superior like game shot calling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, um, uh, it, because in this game, um, you start off the series with uh, a more, uh, like probably the biggest challenge that SKT had uh, in terms of a single game in this tournament so far, because the way that um, AHQ was able to play early map pressure um, and keep up uh, it, with their la- lanes uh, as uh, against SKT, who are who are not only monster and everything else, but are monster laners in their own rights, um, they uh, they really showed a threat. And I was I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe this is like maybe this is more serious than I thought because you know I, I did expect the three I did expect uh, HQ to roll over and, and die, um, which I think points to your, uh, you know, potential underperforming point. Um, I was very favorably impressed with AHQ, the series, and um, the beginning of game one really spoke to that because they were competitive. But honestly, like, the the, the tight ship of SKT is not easily rocked by the stormy waters of AHQ. Damn, that was a little too poetic. All right. (laughs) basically <laughs> they're never, really good never
0: too poetic <laughs> never too poetic.
1: Uh, so they're really good <laughs> um uh, impeccable late game shot calling on SKT like the the speed with which they all react to the same call which is the correct call is absolutely astounding and uh it, it was HQ can't keep up um Uh, Scarcely a team in the world can keep up though So that's not too much of a discredit to AHQ I think they performed great in this series But um, beyond game one I feel that uh, what I mentioned before Like the surprising flexibility of of SKT Kind of showed through Um, You had uh, Bang's absolutely terrifying Callista let through Callista in the hands of this man insane. Um, and the, the specific flexibility point that impressed me the most with SKT is Wolf's Tom Kench, which I assume they were playing directly into the Thresh. Um, because, um, it, it, it seems to be HQ's uh, choice of power pick for their support, um, and SKT played it... They just played it uh, directly into uh, the, the Thresh once they had their feet under them in this series. They didn't have to do that. Uh, they could have just stuck with Alistar or something. But they put Wolf on this Tom Kench and really let him flex his muscles... Uh, and Wolf is, is kind of going as a slightly unsung hero in this tournament because, you know, we talk about a lot about Marin, and I've talked a lot about Marin, especially in coming in preparation to this tournament. Marin is incredible. I've talked a lot blue in the face about Marin, but whenever we look for weak points on SKT... There's Wolf, because it, we've always talked about SKT as a leviathan. Um, most uh, most analysts and such, and especially me, because I, I heavily favor SKT um, most of the time. <laughs> so, um, the, the, I mean, Chase is always asking me for, like, well, what's a potential weak point of this team? And I'm, I'm looking down the roster, and then you say, uh, Bangy, but no, Bangy's on a hot streak right now. How much can you point to him? Um, so when you look at a consistent player like Bang, it's hard to pick him out. And he's even developed into a playmaker for this team on champions like Lucian and Kalista. And you know, you got Faker and Marin. Say so who's left? It's Wolf. Um, And Wolf is a player who has received criticism from myself and other analysts in terms of his reliability, especially. That is key for this player because he has failed the team at just the worst times. Um, And and I think we're seeing a Wolf in this tournament who has taken a look at that, that past version of Wolf and said, Okay, you know what? That was the past. I messed up when it was really bad a couple of times, like one or two times. That doesn't mean that I'm an inconsistent player. I'm still a beast and he is showing it in this tournament because he has been so on point for this team with perfect timings and especially with this new Tom Kench pick for him, which relies on a lot of things to do with, with perfect playmaking and teamwork. Which is which is exactly what contributed to the inconsistency of Wolf before. So I I am thoroughly impressed with uh, this this flexibility in SKT and this particular player in this series.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you hit it on the head. One of the things you know, I, you kind of went all the way through the, all three games of the series, which I appreciate. But I think game going back to game one for just a second that was the game in which we learned that AHQ wasn't going to win this series unless they were able to individually outplay and get a lead early. And because they were, you know, SKT was just so good in the early game. They were so strong and able to make these plays across the board because players like Wolf have gotten better because players like Bang and Marin have stepped up and it just put them in a position where, you know, if you're AHQ, you can't go after Faker because, you know, if you do that, then you're letting all these side lanes do what they want to do. But if you don't go after Faker, well, then you're letting Faker be Faker. God help you if that's your plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in Game 1, they were able to just outlast because they knew their team fighting was going to be better because they had the late-game Lulu on their side. And in Game yeah. 2 and 3, you're right. That Tom Kench kept the bot lane alive. You had the Rise and the uh, the Castan pick in with Faker there. And it just put them in a position where every single one of these lanes was going to do well enough. And here's the thing that should scare people about SK Telecom. They have an 80.0 EGR on Oracle's Elixir right now. That is the early game rating. That is by far the highest in this tournament right now. The second closest is 72.5 for Fnatic. Then there's 65.7 for uh, the Ku Tigers. And then it drops off pretty significantly from there. That no one is competing on the same level that, that SKT is right now in the early yeah. game. And their late game team fighting is just so strong right now. That's terrifying.
1: Because if you and can't
0: beat them early and you can't beat them late, when are you going to beat them?
1: Exactly. And on top of that, they have these star players who have qualities that, that you, you would kill, kill for as a coach and, and any, any other team and they're all stacked on this team. Marin, who, who is an extremely clutch player, um, and can and as the captain of this team is decisive in both shot calling and his individual playmaking, which is perfect for this top lane meta that, that is just critical because in, in Globals, and, and making decisive plays around those in 1v1s and being decisive about when to go in and when to go for the duel etc. I mean the, the way that Marin dances on Fiora you, you saw it in the first game that SK Talacom played in this tournament it was like it was like the turning point for everybody had bated breath through that whole game when it seemed like they are off to a rocky start and he just danced through the team fight. This he, he is the clutch player and Faker you can't keep Faker down it's impossible
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and to the to the point where you like just pile five people into mid and force Faker to never leave fountain which is which is arguably even not going to keep Faker down at that point <laughs>
0: Well, what's been amazing about Faker is that he's been able to do all these Faker things while commanding less gold from his team than any other mid laner in this tournament.
1: Exactly. I mean,
0: that's, that's the incredible thing, is that they're not feeding him resources. They're not forcing him to hard carry like they were in Season 4, which was their ultimate demise. They just asked him to do everything. At this point, Faker's saying, You guys take all the resources you want. I'm still Faker. I'm still going to be just as unstoppable without any of those things. And I dare the enemy team to beat us. Yeah. Now the one game that I do want to talk about a little bit more with you is the third game in that series. Because yeah. that was a game that looked like it could have gone AHQ's way. Now I'm inclined to say, just from the picks and bands and the fact that, you know, SKT picked the Cassidy into the fizz, which is a matchup that Westdoor is A very comfortable with and B mm-hmm. almost always goes in Westor's favor over his career. It makes me feel like this was Faker saying, I'm going to play your game and then beat you anyway. And he kind of paid for that. Do you think this is the kind of hubris that could punish them in a future series as these teams get better and better? Or do you think that there were other things going on than just a little bit of cockiness that uh, that exposed some things in them?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that this is actually particularly meaningful, unfortunately, for the, for the, uh, analysis type train. (laughs) Um, um, is, uh, interesting right now. He's incredibly item reliant, first of all. Um, and he's kind of got poopy laning, which is not very, uh... It's just not good when when, when you can't like when, when you're mailing and all you have is is a magic shield for trading. Uh, I don't know. It leaves a lot to be desired. However, uh, he has a couple of strengths which he has always had as a champion, um, which is incredible scaling. I mean, this champion is like. Especially in the hands of Faker. I mean, my gosh, it's a ticking time bomb, for sure. And on that kind of champion, it leads me to another strength, uh, which is laning doesn't matter to a certain point. When you can place this champion in the mid lane in the hands of Faker, which he will get get what he needs, even if he does die a couple times, it doesn't matter all that much. Um, and, and they played around that game because they had an incredibly well scaling compo- uh, composition mm-hmm. and protection for their carry threats with Elise, who can nurture them through their power troughs, which uh, the hyper scaling champions often will have, except, you know, Fiora, who is OP the whole, whole time, um, and Tom Kench, who is like a walking Zonia's Hourglass for vulnerable carries. I mean, I think it was a pretty uh, I think it was a pretty well visualized um, game plan from SK Telecom, and I do think that it was a bit of overconfidence, um, but not in the sense that not in the way that it will hurt them in the future Um, but I think that they were showing the Kassadin like, hey, we're wacky and we play Kassadin if we smash with Kassadin then you might have to ban Cassidy, or we might threaten you or we might, we might scare you by, um, by trying to play it sometime. time. Um, and uh, then you'll have to prepare for our Cassidy too, at the very least, because you have to prepare for it if we show it.
0: Yeah, no, um, I, I think this is,
1: so this that's is what, where I think that was going.
0: Yeah. This is what uh, China talk and all those people mean when they talk about sandbagging, right? It's not that they weren't trying to win because they were, But they were trying to show something new, try something, and see what works and what didn't, and kind of play around and play these kind of head games, both with the team that they were against and with the teams that were going forward, because they felt comfortable enough in where they were position-wise. The further you go in this tournament, the less likely teams are to do that, just because there isn't a lot of time in between these series to really play around as much anymore. Um, This was an attempt to get Origin to be scared of that Kassadin pick. Because the you know the Cassidyan versus something like an Anivia would actually work out pretty well.
1: Maybe the Cassidyan was like was like a, I'm coming for you, X I mean, it's <laughs> you better just, be ready, brother. <laughs> it,
0: it's very possible, and you know it, it's great for Westor that you know his career is going to end with a couple solo kills on the Faker. You know yeah, he's going to go out with you know having accomplished everything that I think Westor could have feasibly accomplished in his career. Um, and, and, you know, there are going to be people, people who point to this and say, oh, well, if, if AHQ hadn't forced that Baron fight that they didn't need to force, then SKT maybe doesn't win this game. But at the same time, okay, but SKT really was styling to a certain extent. You don't pick a AD carry like Tristana with Tom Kench. Tristana already has a whole bunch of escapes. They banned the Jinx, which they didn't really need to do because they could have totally taken it, I think, uh, you know, or, or picked another hyper carry that doesn't have escapes to maximize the Tom Kench efficiency. They picked Tristana, who's one of the safest laners with her own rocket jump and everything else. They they were playing around. They they could have maximized this composition in ways that they didn't, and that doesn't mean that they weren't trying to win or that they you know we shouldn't take anything away from the fact that this game was closer than it should have been. But it also doesn't cause me to concern because I think that. When they're playing Origin and when they're playing whoever they play in the finals, these are going to be maximized compositions that are optimally designed and don't have the kind of holes that they created for themselves mm. with these kinds of picks.
1: Yeah, and, and on the note of creating the holes for themselves, um, I it, it's it, it would be another thing if we had seen shaky picks and bans throughout this tournament um, from SKT, but since we've seen pretty much impeccable picks and bands. uh it's it's pretty it makes me pretty confident to say that um this was a crafted plan by coma and um that uh pulling something pretty shitty like Mm Cassidy isn't gonna happen in the semis or finals
0: yeah for the record, you're now saying impeccable picks and bans about a team that picked mid-lane Olaf at one point in this tournament. I just want to make sure that you're aware of what you just oh, said. I, I, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I
1: I mean, like, uh, there, there's impeccable picks and bans, and then there's Ragnarok picks and bans. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from, my friend.
1: But uh, yeah, you're you gonna you're gonna ride eternal on the highways of Valhalla with me.
0: <laughs> it was uh, it was truly a beautiful time. So all of that said, Skylar, we're now looking yes. at SKT slaying Origin. <laughs> 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 damn it, Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hands up. on pause with the dude around here. <laughs> <laughs> See the magic of editing means you guys don't realize that like three minutes passed between the last question and <laughs> this one, but now oh, you but, know. Because, but I make sure. <laughs> yeah, Skyler really wants. It's like uh, it's like the maybe it's a poltergeist, guys. Maybe it's Maybelline all over again. So <laughs> SKT versus Origin is the semifinals we have in front of us. Origin, it was a three-one over Flash Wolves. It was a very long, messy series. I think this is a mm-hmm. safe thing to say. True. What do you think Origin needs to do if they're going to take a game off of SKT?
1: Find God.
0: <laughs> you mean, like, to play mid lane for them?
1: <laughs> I mean, if, if possible,
0: yes. <laughs> which, uh, which God, from insert name of Pantheon here, do you think would have a chance of taking down Faker right now? Um... Like, I, I want to go Zeus just because I think he'd just throw a lightning bolt at Faker's computer. They yeah. would just start having technical issues, but then he just put in a pause. So it really—I don't know if it would—if it would do enough in the long run.
1: You know, you know what I think. Uh, maybe the counter to Faker is um, maybe use some Gaia, and and then Gaia comes down to Faker and she's like, "Come, Faker, let's just grow plants together." And Faker's like, "Yes." <laughs> and he and he leaves League of Legends forever to water plants.
0: So you're saying Faker has a secret life as an amateur gardener that's just waiting to be exposed?
1: Yes, yes. There was the thing where he has a plant, and it was really cute.
0: I, I missed this. I, need to I don't think that. he has
1: plants anymore, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, but he used to.
0: Well, I mean, he has plants, and that Piglet was supposed to be a plant on team liquid. <laughs> but then Liquid didn't live up to their end of the bargain, so I guess it didn't really matter. <laughs> uh, well
1: well played.
0: <laughs> I do my best. But yeah oh,
1: and I have okay. another god actually. Okay I think, what,
0: what guy would you go for?
1: When, don't you think that Faker also likes to party?
0: I think that Faker's parties involve the lamentations of the women of those he slays in combat is kind <laughs> of the problem Lamentations of, of the women <laughs> Yes, exactly and he says it exactly like that too It's kind of weird how he has an Austrian accent whenever he speaks in English but I appreciate that
1: Well, I was thinking that Dionysius might be able to help um, because he'll, he'll bring some he'll bring some women he'll bring some wine and I'll be like come on my orgy barge baker <laughs> and Baker will be like, "What?" I,
0: I love how your <laughs> <And,
1: and> Dionysius <laughs> is like, just just get on the boat.
0: <laughs> I love how your drunken Greek god voice is like somewhere between Australia and like northern UK. <laughs> <laughs> like not at all Greek. <laughs> I mean, this is fair, the alcoholism rate in those two countries is probably higher than it is in Greece, but still. Dude, yeah, I
1: mean, like, when you're down to party, you're down to party. I guess He's he's everyone's
0: god. Is this our way of saying that we think that SKT wins the Series (laughs) 3-0? Yeah.
1: Was I beating around the bush a little too
0: much? (laughs) I mean, understandably so. It's one of those things where, like... It gets really boring predicting the 3-0 for SKT. You know, everyone wants to be the guy who's like, no, this is going to be close. And if you listen to the recording of the analyst desk, I'm going to plug this a second time in this one podcast. Uh, You're going to hear a veteran make a case as to why he thinks Fnatic could be a team that makes that a particularly close series, which honestly, I hope he's right. I disagree with some of his points, but I hope he's right just because it would be a lot more fun that way. But right now it's... SKT doesn't lose a game until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been so long in these kind of best-of-five formats that we've seen SKT really drop something. You'd have to go back to MSI, yeah. really, the yeah. last time they dropped a series that mattered and that wasn't an amazing fluke like that CJ Anta series was. And until that happens, yeah. sorry, SKT's going to win here. And I do... I, have- I
1: mean, I mean or, Origin winning one game would be incredible. Truly, I mean, they they came in from the the Challenger series, um, and SKT is one of the most successful and storied organizations in esports. Period.
0: And, and here's the thing: like, you really need to uh, kind of take certain things in mind. Um, if your if your origin, you made it to the semifinals in your first split as a team. Mm-hmm. Niels is one of the most promising rookies we've seen. Other, you know, he and Hooney are the two most promising rookies we've seen in a long time you have soaz still showing that he is capable of performing at a high level you have you know XPK doing XPK things still looking like a guy who you know can have some some uh, some strength here and can do what needs to get done and uh, and I'm very very excited to see how it all goes um, you know, I, I this is a team that has a very promising future, and I think that I, I agree. It's, Absolutely. No matter what happens here, um, they have to be proud of how this all worked out, and it's really
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm by no means also saying that uh, or- Origin is a bad team. No, uh, I, I think they've overperformed uh, to my expectations. Uh, I, I admittedly didn't think too much of them because I hadn't seen too much of them. I'm not uh, an avid follower of the ULCS, okay. but I, am he- I have been heavily impressed by what I've seen in this world championship. Yeah, it's... Uh, heavily.
0: It's, it's great for them. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is the best case scenario for them. They made it to a semifinals in their first international tournament game. It's crazy. Let, and, and Hermit deserves some coach of the year conversation. For how he's been able to get take this team to a whole new level. Yeah, of that. I
1: mean, competing with the level of coaches that that's at this tournament. I mean, like there are some really good organizations here, so yeah. for sure.
0: And, and honestly, you know, it this is this is the greatest sign of any that Europe is able to compete with some of the Korean structure. Maybe they're not quite there yet, but they're getting there. And if Europe yeah. can get there, then we have a chance. The West might still be relevant. This might this might not go the way of StarCraft. The West. Okay. Well, North America has to has to latch on to Europe as long as we <laughs> can. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, okay. This is this is just me now. Okay, please. Being being me, but um, it's a. I, I'm like
0: uh,
1: okay. Yeah, is it rant? <laughs> is it rant time? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you really want to rant. You're just, you're fighting yourself.
1: I am you fighting know. myself because I feel kind of like an asshole when I... All right. So here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm at university right now, and I my area of study is East Asian Studies, which is an incredibly academic discipline, of uh, course, and I, um, I'm very into it, though. It's like a passion of mine, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Point being that... I have spent so many hours, days, months writing and thinking about all of this bullshit about racism and fucking whatever. Who gives a shit? (laughs) But I, every fucking time I read some assholes on the internet saying, the West, I'm like, fuck Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. That's pretty much. You it. just
0: don't like the West.
1: Um, well, no, it's it's more like the West in just juxtaposition to the East that that kind of irks me because like that's it, it's like it's like an unnervingly spot on to a lot of Orientalist literature that like that that was used to uh justify demeaning uh Asian races in colonial post-colonial times
0: no that's that's fair i i will say that you know it it is shorthand for the Western. <laughs> I know. <here>. <laughs> I, I think that yeah. It's, no, um,
1: I, I like I don't. I'm, that's why, that's why I feel like an asshole no and then just launched into the rant because because like no, you're right. Like it, it's not it's not. That I'm saying that people should stop that. It's just that like it's like I I work all day in the coal mines and then I come home and my boys talking about. Cole,
0: <laughs> I guess that it's is like, what it's like. I, I didn't, I never thought like, of it that way before, and I probably never will after. But I mean, I can't tell you you're some, wrong, so
1: it's uh, somebody, somebody, somewhere knew what I meant by that, and and I said that for that person, and so if, I, I refuse to explain myself. If currently. that
0: person could tweet me at redshirtking and help me get in on the joke, I'd really appreciate it. But <laughs> no, I'll say this. I do think that there's something that Reddit in particular, because Reddit will say it is more Euro and, and U.S. centric than, you know, and North America centric, I should say, than anything else. I wish that we could take satisfaction in other cultures doing well. And instead of, you know, making all these games like when the LMS knocked out North America... Every single comment was about how North America screwed it over and unleashing all the memes against CLG and against Cloud9 and letting all this stuff go down. And it's like, maybe. Which is great. (laughs) Well, which, I mean, it has its place, but like maybe we can give like 10 minutes to appreciate what Taiwan accomplished this tournament. Just maybe. Like I understand that both these teams lost in the quarterfinals, but when was the last time they made it out of the bracket stage? Oh, right. Season two. Like maybe we can, uh, maybe we can just enjoy that for a moment. Or maybe instead of bashing all the people who had faith in China because how good China looked in the regular season, maybe they can understand that these people are not happy that they were wrong here, you know? There are a lot of things we found out now, but if you made your predictions just based off the stats, based off of actually seeing the games, if you have the time to watch all the games that all of these analysts I know did, because trust me, I was one of those analysts who watched every single game that mattered starting in August— literally hundreds of hours of film, I can tell you China was favored. China looked really good. And I understand that there are a lot of people who, you know, they're like, ha-ha, China was wrong. Look at all the analysts, whatever. But the hate that it comes up with, the anger and ferocity and the, oh, you're just mad because you were wrong. Like, no, look, these are the facts. Outcomes are independent from what we had before. That's why they're called predictions and not truth-telling from the future. That's just not... You know, it, it, it's it's one of the things that I do find frustrating, and I think that the, the West versus East divide, even if it doesn't carry the racist connotations that it maybe did back in the day, it does have this us versus them that I really hate. Like at the end of the day, yeah. I just want yeah, every, that's it. That's it. I just want every team to be good. Like I want every team to perform the best that they can because that's the most fun when we have really close games. I don't. Well, is it really better if North America and Europe just whooped up on everybody and no one else got to participate? Is that the ideal that we're really, we're really rooting for, or do we want China to perform as well as we knew they could have because we saw them do it before? Why are we relishing in China being bad this this whole tournament? That's, it's weird to me. It's just. It's something that I, I don't understand, and I don't particularly appreciate. And I think that it is some, you know, you know, let the memes flow. Let's, you know, indulge in EU being awesome. Let's make fun of NA for being crap. I understand that these are the central audiences, and thus it's going to have a certain impact. But just remember that, you know, remember that these people are people. Just because they're across the world and you don't get to see them, you know, maybe we can. Maybe we could just enjoy the fact that we're involved in a medium that is more global than literally any other athlete, you know, competition medium we're going to see, let's say. And you can just like you can follow Korea the same way you can follow China, the same way you can follow Taiwan, the same way you can follow North America. There's no reason we should let these regional borders define us the same way.
1: And 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 that unnecessary creation of a divide where none naturally exists is exactly what I was trying to say in the first place. Bringing it full circle ladies and gentlemen. Bam. We got the we got the full scale analysis going on in here at I, the WWE
0: Analysis Super Slam. I gotta be honest I still have no idea what that has to do with coal miners but that's what the, the people Yeah, that, that's,
1: gonna... that's what the one guy <laughs> has, to, <laughs> has to decipher and good luck guy because I don't even know what I meant.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be beautiful. But we're gonna move on to the second <laughs> now that we've alienated literally anyone who could listen to us, if I just yeah have,
1: have a lot of fun racists yeah, <laughs> see next yeah next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, it,
0: it's just it's one of those things. People are going to say, "Oh, you're taking it too seriously." That's not what we mean. Okay, fine. But look at Reddit and then tell me it's not what they mean. Anyway, KT <laughs> Rolster versus the Ku Tigers. This series got weird. I think that's it. Was
1: it was good weird? It was like. Okay, I'm not going.
0: I'm not going to continue that. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Please continue, Skyler. No, nope, really, no, nope, it's done. I'm, uh, I'm fascinated to see where you go from here. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, okay. Well, if you're not going to continue, no. <laughs> what, how would you describe this series? Because when Walter and I were on the podcast reviewing it on uh, on Monday, we used the word disappointing. It was a series in which we felt KT underperformed extensively and KU didn't so much win as much as took advantage of these huge mistakes and did what needed to be done, which maybe is unfair to KU. But when you watch this series, when you look at how it broke down, did you feel like this was more KT losing the series or KU winning it?
1: Uh, I think it was KU winning it. Um, From what I've, read and heard and discussed. I feel like I'm in the minority position here, Um, but I very much felt that um, both of these teams played on a very high level. And um, the the thing is that uh, the Ku Tigers demonstrated their absolutely phenomenal in-series adaptation um, and their preparation which has improved vastly, which is, I think, why we're seeing this vintage goo Tigers, as one commentator put it, um, the one that is, just looks unstoppable at times, um, because, you know, you get them down, and then they come back from whatever deficit you throw at them. Um, uh, that's the, Their preparation, I think, is what directly contributes to that, and... Um, and I, th- I think that in-game, um, in, in game, yes, KT did make mistakes that ended up costing them the game against the Ku Tigers, but the thing is that this is against any opponent, at, against the Ku Tigers in this form, um, that I, I, I feel in a best of five this team has an incredible advantage, uh, because of how they play mm-hmm. and, and how good their preparation is right now. And I think that also contributes to why they the, the Flash wolves beat them twice, because this Ku Tigers team actually thrives in an extended series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't think that um, that that incredible strength makes up for all of the, all of their deficits, like their propensity to, uh, to let one or two lanes fall behind in the early game. Um, I think that is very punishable by a strong uh, early game team like SK Telecom or Fnatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, think, I think that uh, it does speak to their weaknesses that people have seen in this team when, when they talk about this Series B disappointing. But I also think that um, I give a lot of credit to the playmakers from the Koo Tigers to tease these mistakes out from their opponents with impeccable vision control, impeccable map pressure, um, and the ability to, to go full 180 in a series and, and turn bad picks into good ones, like uh, Kuro's Vigar. <coughs> that's, a, that's a respect ban. Now, like that's a that's a targeted band because he he pulled his quite awful Vigar game one into like a completely new player in the next game, and it and that that kind of mirrors what Koutagos did as a team um, in the series.
0: Well, I, I got to be honest, with you. when I look at the Vigar band, I see less of you know Kuro stepping up to the plate and more of. A KT team that felt baited and outsmarted that whole series. I mean, you're right. Nofe is an incredible coach and he had this team prepared. They do best in best of fives because they have all these different strategies and they're better at making adjustments than most of the teams we've seen out there. That's why they're in the semifinals. But it's not, I don't think the Vigar got that much better. His event horizons were still off. What was weird to me is that you ban the Vigar so Kuro can take the victor, which has been by far his best champion this whole split. Why do you do that? You let let the Elise go through on every single one of Ku's victories. That was a huge part of Ku's strategy. And in Game 3, they literally baited you into taking the Lulu first pick so that you gave up the Elise. And you were so scared of how good that Elise had been in Game 2. That you then went Callisto Rexi, which meant you had a Lulu and no Hyper Carry, despite the fact that you're one of the best Juggernaut teams in the world. I I was
1: mystified by that uh, myself.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of mystifying things. There was some day overextending in the top lane so many times. You know, it's felt like every game except for game 3, he would get two kills early and because Score would set him up so brilliantly. I thought Score had a great series for the record.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Score was playing like he had to, he had kids to feed at home. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was a standout performance from Score. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. He he
0: had a great he was I think he had the best series of any of them in that in that particular series on KT. And then you know, and then somebody would just throw it away by overextending twice and giving Hojin and Smeb what they needed. And on that Fiora, you can't afford to give those couple kills back because she will snowball those and never look back. It was really weird to see him do that. And and Game Four ended with something which I have to hope that you can at least admit was the fucking dumbest Baron call I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I've I mean, i seen some
1: dumb Baron calls in my day. I think that might be stretching it, but yeah, it was pretty stupid.
0: Well, I mean, you have to take into account, obviously, the variable of how important it was. You know, this is a world, like, on this big of a stage, I've never seen a call that dumb. I, I,
1: I've seen dumber calls still uh, at Baron, but um, the dumb part, I think, was um, the lack of unity. Um and decisiveness as a team for what to do. Because if they were able to move as a unit around the barren pit, peeling off and uh, re-engaging like they should have, that would have been, uh, if not a completely, a, a completely averted disaster, at least a salvageable loss. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was heinous, that part of it.
0: Yeah. So I guess what... What we both agree on then is that KOO is a team that does picks and bans really well and that they take advantage of mistakes that other teams make. Looking at this Fnatic series, Fnatic, as I pointed out earlier, the second best early game team at this tournament so far, they have been incredible proactive teams. And and they're a team that when you give them a bit of a lead tend to snowball successfully for the rest of the game. Do you think that Coup can do enough? To turn this kind of game around, and put themselves in a position where they can, uh, where they can be the more proactive team instead of constantly having to lay on the back foot, which hasn't worked well for Fnatic opponents so far.
1: Um, I favor Fnatic uh, against the Q Tigers um, for a couple of the reasons that you've said, um, and. I think it's only only slightly complicated by the fact that EDG did not show up at all to the quarterfinals, um, and it's hard to say if we've seen what we need uh, what we need to properly evaluate Fnatic at this time. Uh, regardless, completely regardless of their quarterfinals performance, which was stellar, by the way, um, I think that even just an analysis of the both. Q Tigers and Fnatic leaving the group stages. I think you'd r- arrive at the same conclusion.
0: Yeah. No. I. I mean, it's given how KT played in that series, I agree with you. I think Fnatic would be favored against either of these teams now. I think the KT that we saw in the group stage might have held their own or defeated the KT that we. The, I mean, the the Fnatic that we saw, it would have been a much closer. I, I think. There. I
1: think KT would have even. Uh, it's been the KT that we saw.
0: <laughs> oh, KT from group stage would have crushed the KT that we saw. <laughs> I uh, by the way, I'm looking through all my game notes now and I'm realizing that uh, I got more and I got like really excited for series 3 for whatever reason. Like I have quarterfinal number 3 up in here. Uh, <laughs> and then uh for quarter go go make me <laughs> yeah and uh for the skt series i'm like uh you know uh for the remake it's like ah oh, just kidding remake motherfuckers it's <laughs> very exciting and then by day four i was just like whatever let's get this done like i was <laughs> <I'm> just like <laughs> like i remember messaging skylar mid-game i'm like i really really hope this doesn't go to five um, I just, I'm, I, 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 I don't want to see any more of that. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to call it a day. And that's not something you want to say about, you know, either one of those teams. It was, it, it wasn't the cleanest victory from Coup. Here Here's my question to you, though. We, we both agree that we both are, are favoring Fnatic in this. I happen to say it's a 3-2 because there hasn't been a five-game series in the bracket stage yet. And I refuse to believe we leave the bracket stage without one.
1: Yeah. But what I, is, what for is, similar...
0: I'm oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, for similar reasons, I, I, I feel the same way.
0: What does Ku have to do to make that a 3-2 in their direction? Because we're saying that these teams are pretty close. We think, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I want to give Koo some credit here. They have Prey, who I think is one of the best utility AD carries in the game right now. Oh, yeah, Really oh, yeah. impressed by him. I think uh, Gorilla has done a lot of good things in this tournament. Smeb has proven that he can be a carry threat in a way that I don't think I would have assumed he could be going into this. And given Hooney's really, I would say, reckless playstyle, mm-hmm. it's something that I think could be exploited and could be taken advantage of going forward. Um, it's something that I think Ku is going to look to snowball in that, in that series. But what are the other things that Ku has to do if they're going to emerge victorious and make this an All-Korea Finals?
1: Um, they have some champion pool disadvantages against Fnatic. Quite frankly, uh, Kuro's workable pool, while um, in other metas it was perfectly acceptable. Never like overflowing, but just acceptable. Um, right now, it's it struggles in certain areas. There's the Azir, which is the bane of Kuro. Um, they banned it on blue side now. Um, it, it's a good idea because you don't want to pick Kuro Victor, uh, Azir anymore. Uh, you do want to pick Kuro Victor, mm-hmm. and you do want to pick Kuro uh, Vigar, whatever, whatever you can get him that you know he performs on. But that unfortunately, that pool is a little more limited now whereas you're facing up against Forbidden on Fnatic, who is provably, uh, who has a provably massive champion pool and performs on all of them. So, um, rip, I guess. Um, I think, uh, I think Koo Tigers managed to not show a bunch of stuff, like, if they can get through with a TF or something, Kuro's is a good TF player, um, you should look for that, uh, so, uh, Smeb is, an, is a very creative top laner um, you saw his incredible Fiora um, and no doubt I mean it was one of the best Fioras that we've seen period since the rework um, but that's going to be banned against Fnatic make no mistake um, unless you know of course Uni has an incredible counterpick to it but even still like how how much better do you get than a Malphite counter pick uh, played by someday? Like that's pretty good. So I, I reckon Fiora is going to be pretty pretty darn banned in this next series, um, and Smap being a very creative top laner, um, I need to see something new that changes uh, changes the game a bit. For uh, playing against it, like what I mean by that is um, when the chips were down, uh, Smeb started picking Malphite randomly in Korea, um, and and people were like, "What?" <laughs> Queue Tigers just given up, and then they started smashing with Malphite, and they turned Malphite into a meta pick, uh, and it was amazing. And because because playing against Malphite changes the game in that you have to play against Malphite specifically. It changes uh, the way everyone plays. So you need a pick with that much impact um, and creativity for Smeb to go crazy on in order to have the full effect and in order for Ku to go the, the distance with the 3-2. Yeah,
0: no, I think it's it'll, it'll be interesting. And the one other thing we haven't mentioned... That I think is really worth noting is that the Gragas ban really affects EU a lot more than it does uh, Korea. You know, ah, uh, yes, already, the,
1: the old thing that you forget that completely affects your analysis.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's well. I mean, like, we didn't really bring it up with Origin versus SKT because I don't think that's going to make or break that series. Honestly, well, yeah, people because have, I mean,
1: Origin Argent, Origins Origin Argent does rely on Gragas, but like. You know, it, they're going to lose either way.
0: Well, well, funnily enough, the advanced stats tell me that the Gracchus is good, but it's not even his best champion. The Rek'Sai has been much better for him. The problem is that if he doesn't get Rek'Sai or Elise, his fourth champion has been Evelyn. And, you know, there are a lot of people saying, oh, he'll just go to the Lee Sin. Well, he could have gone to the Lee Sin, and he chose to go Evelyn last time around.
1: Confusing. It's been,
0: it's been a very long time since we saw him actually competitive play uh, competitively play Leeson. And I understand it hasn't necessarily been in the meta, but, you know, I, I do think it, that it's matters. playable now.
1: I, I think he's got to pull it out. If they're saving it, now's the time, of yeah. course. And it's, that's it's semifinals. But
0: what's more worrying for me is Fnatic, because Rainover hasn't played as many games on drugs, but that's because he's had more games on Elise and Rexite. So now you assume, you know, this is Kuz. If you're Ku and you have Blue Sight, you leave up, you know, you ban the Elise. You leave up the Rek'Sai for yourself. And then you tell Rainover, go ahead, play your Olaf. Because guess what? Olaf, 4-10 in this World Championship right now. And one of those was a mid-lane Olaf win. I don't think that's, you know, so, so take that out. It's 3-9 of nine, and all three of those were in the top lane. The jungle Olaf does not look good right now. It doesn't have the same split pushing threat that other places that other uh, picks do, you know, that he or that he really does when he's in the top lane. It doesn't have the same kind of utility that the team needs. And Rainover has relied on that heavily in both Europe and in this tournament. He had a game on it, and that was the game that they lost. It's it's really tough for me to imagine that if Ku is able to force Rainover. Onto that pick, that it doesn't give Hogen a significant advantage, even if it means that Rex is banned as well. I would much rather have Hogen's Lee Sin over uh, Rainover's Olaf at this point in the tournament, especially because what yeah. that Lee Sin means as far as you know the Kennen pick, which I don't think is going to be a thing in this series. But I also said that last week, so who knows at this point. <laughs> but uh, but it, it is something that matters, and it is something that can maybe tip those red side games. Uh, for Fnatic in Ku's way, and there are going to be at least two of those. So then, Fnatic, it's, can he, they win all three games on blue? That's going to be the question. It's a very fascinating question to me. But we both say 3 2 for Fnatic, then.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's an optimistic <laughs> assessment, but uh, I'm going to throw my lot behind 3 2.
0: Okay. Well, then I only have one more question for you my friend yeah and it's going to take me a second to get there
1: but I, I only have I have only have a specific amount of seconds that I've budgeted for this podcast James. okay and you know you're using them up
0: I that's fair <laughs> well, we're gonna, it's going to be worth it I want you to tell me we're going to play our favorite game that we haven't played in forever oh name boy. the players on this really oh, old no. team that no one remembers
1: so I'm ready I'm so ready
0: Tell me. Wait, how about, how,
1: about, how about a little explanation for those who don't know oh, about yeah, the game we played?
0: Because we've reached a little bit of a bigger audience since last time we played this. So, Skylar and I, we've been doing this. We've been podcasting since season three. We have been watching the professional scene since the season one world championship. We followed a lot of really obscure tournaments back in the day because that's what you had to do in season two. You had to follow all these little teams and figure out what was going on. And so, I have found. The third place DreamHack winter team from 2013, a team known as Intellectual Playground.
1: Oh, I know that name.
0: And I want you to tell me, five. uh, let's say six players, one of which isn't blue. Like Usually we only play that you have to guess the blue link players. Yeah. yeah. But I want you to name the blue link players and their top laner, who isn't given a blue link, but he was one of their starters. So I feel like you should have to guess it.
1: Okay, Intellectual Playground. Yes. Um, I,
0: I will give you this hint, because wh- wh- hints, wh- hints are always nice. Uh, oh, two hints. of these players would eventually leave to the Fox Sound. One of them would leave for SK Gaming Prime. Two of the players were at Worlds this year.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: So, how many of these can you name?
1: Oh, boy. Okay, um... So they're a European team Yes Um, That's what I thought Uh, So that's good We're starting off on the right foot
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're in the right region of the world
1: Um Escape Prime Hmm Intellectual Playground God, I know that name sounds so familiar I uh,
0: I can give you another hint. One of them is a substitute for Denial Esports EU right now.
1: Um. (laughs) That doesn't help.
0: (laughs) And one of them was previously on the Copenhagen Wolves before this team, which was surprising to me because I didn't realize the Copenhagen Wolves had a team in August of
1: 2012. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) I mean... Copenhagen Wolves have been around for a while, though, so...
0: Apparently. I didn't realize they were around that long in league, but can can you guess any of these players?
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: I'll give you one final hint. Denmark, Denmark.
1: Denmark? Denmark,
0: Denmark. All of them are Danish.
1: All of them are Danish. Oh, okay. That makes things a lot easier. Uh, was, Was Bjergsen on this team ever?
0: Bjergsen was not on this team.
1: Okay. Um...
0: Strength one. So a teammate was on this team. Santorin. Santorin was on this team.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. Okay. Got <laughs> one. Got him. <laughs> um, one Dane down. <laughs> um, the mid laner for Nilo was on this team. Was was this one of the teams that Cowtard was on?
0: No, Cowtard was not on this team. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Somehow, th- I mean, you might as well have had. I don't Coutard know if he team. was
1: Danish. Um, I, but
0: actually, I, I have no idea. It was,
1: worth, it was worth a shot.
0: I, I would look it up, but I really don't care enough to look it up.
1: <laughs> oh, rip. <laughs> oh, um, cow
0: time. But no, you've got five more to guess.
1: Never has a mid-Zyra been played so exclusively. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not wrong.
1: <laughs> um. Ooh, this is not...
0: There are, there are two more that are still in... Well, three more that are still in competitive play. Two more that are starting on teams. I, I just told you one of them is the midlaner for x Nilo, which if you know your NA challenger teams, you should know this.
1: I do not know my NA challenger teams.
0: <laughs> do you remember the midlaner for the old Copenhagen Wolves back in May of 2013?
1: You see, you see I thought Countard was the midlaner for...
0: CW
1: no. at some point.
0: At, for, at some point, but that was later. This is okay. this is the season three spring split before they ended up having to uh, replace, beg replace ninjas in pajamas to. Well, before they had to beg ninjas in pajamas to please come by their team because they couldn't pay any of their players.
1: Oh yeah. Oh rip. I forgot about that. Um,
0: I, I I will say that he was involved in the same scandal that had fourteen uh, had a yellow star coward. Jim Bones, Nono, and Virtual uh, Oh. 14 days for ELO boosting. Yeah. Do you remember the last guy involved? I'm giving you as many hints as I can on this guy.
1: I know. I'm sorry. You at uh, home
0: are screaming so hard at you right now.
1: I know. Stop. I can hear you. <laughs> um,
0: can you? That's really impressive, actually.
1: Yeah. It's, it's actually very scary. Please stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. Uh... I'll give you three more guesses. And you don't have to guess him. There's still five other guys I want you to guess. Okay.
1: Um, but just
0: start throwing out Danish players. There's there's one more Danish player who's at Worlds. You haven't guessed yet.
1: I mean, Froggen?
0: Froggen was not at Worlds this year. I hate to break it
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, oh, rest and pepperonis, Froggen. Rest and pepperonis, Froggen. Uh, other Danish player at Worlds.
0: I'll say that from here he went to SK Kaming Prime before he was eventually signed by this particular... the team he's on now.
1: Wow. Why am I... Why can't I... Why don't I know this shit? I was
0: going to ask, why can't you complete a sentence before you (laughs) finally get to the end there? Uh, I'm just going to read it off to you because this segment has gone on long enough.
1: Yeah, this this segment was completely and utterly failed, ladies and gentlemen. Your
0: intellectual (laughs) playground roster from 2013, uh, from June of 2013 to uh, January of 2014, was Gamble in the top lane, Santorin in the jungle, Ni Godbro, Oh,
1: In my. The mid lane. He's, uh, he's the mid laner
0: for X Nilo right now.
1: That's. Really? Yes! He used to play top.
0: I know, he's still around as a mid laner.
1: I can't, I don't even believe that. That's,
0: it's, it's really weird.
1: <laughs> that is really weird. He's alive?
0: <laughs> <laughs> alive and well, and getting paid by a team to play League of Legends still. Wow, um, living the life. AD carry was Niels. Really? Yes. Old School Meals. And the support, this is a name that I guarantee you have not heard in a long time, though he is on Denial Esports now. Wendelbo. What? Right?
1: He's playing?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's the substitute for Denial Esports. He, you.
1: Are you kidding me? No. I'm looking this up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. He, Gripex, and Satorius are the subs for, for Wicked's roster right now.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. I just got totally steamrollered by well, that round. Also,
0: by the way, the last one was uh, XL winner, who I don't know why his link is blue, but apparently he played for the Wolves for a bit, and then they <laughs> made it to the the actual scene, and then he left and and did this uh this intellectual playground thing for a bit, and then never played again. But he has wow. a, a blue link, so good for XL winner there. He really was. <laughs> The extra large winner.
1: I'd i rate his winner T-shirt size like at best like like a small medium. <laughs> Did
0: you realize you could do a small medium?
1: Yeah, like you know how some some brands run big and some brands run small.
0: I I do. I, yeah, I, I guess I guess you're not wrong. Should we just wrap up the podcast while we're behind? Like, any, anyone who listened to the last, like, ten minutes deserves a trophy. Could yeah. like, some, some awards. Shout or out. <laughs> shout out to any of you who are still Shout,
1: shout out and sorry.
0: Like, you know what? But some people, now they get to say these things. They're like, wait a second. So you're telling me you Santorin, me, God, bro, and Nielsen yeah. on a team together and never Look, accomplished that- anything?
1: That's that's some education that I just got right now and, and that I hope you at home, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you appreciated that too. And and look forward to uh, me not being shamed and Chase potentially being shamed when I do the Korea version of this for him.
0: Oh, oh, oh you want to do a Korean version of this? Uh, I guarantee you the answer is I don't know shit about shit. That is, <laughs> that is the end and beginning of that segment. <laughs> Um, we got to wrap this up because I think we've done this for an hour and 10 minutes now and that's about enough for one pod. Yes, uh, Skylar, is there anything you want to shout out on your way out?
1: Uh, yeah, man. Um, I'd like to shout out, uh, this, this, uh, I'd like to shout out my new glasses actually yeah? because, um, I, I just got a new pair of glasses, uh, and the prescription is, is slightly stronger actually. Uh, but it's really, it's really doing work for me right now. So shout out to my new bosses.
0: You know, every week I know you're going to shout out something ridiculous and yet every week you still manage to surprise me with a shout out. (laughs) Like at some point you'd expect me to adjust and be like, Oh, he's going to do something silly, but it's like, Nope, I'm still surprised every week.
1: uh, You know, I'm glad I can keep it fresh. Also speaking of keeping it fresh, Mm -hmm. um, I, I'd like to give a shout out also, I know.
0: Second two shout, shout out? outs wow.
1: Yes, I I I'm going crazy right now, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Um I'd like to give a shout out to Chew Chains giving a shout out to his wrist and stove in the song Fork, which is about him making crack cocaine.
0: I I'm not sure if that's the kind of thing we should be <laughs> promoting on this podcast, but sure, well, shout out to him.
1: He straight up goes, My wrist deserves a shout out. I'm like, What up, wrist? My stove deserves a shout out. I'm like, What up, stove? And that's, that's a lyric in a song.
0: And two Changes is a visionary before his time. I think that. Before yeah. and
1: after his time.
0: Lyrics, uh, I think lyrics like that really cement his place in the rap music uh, Hall of Fame, or something Hall of Fame. I'm going to give a shout out to DMX. For uh, Alvin here Which which really inspired me Throughout this past week I'd like to give a shout out to The KT Barron call in game 4 That ensured (laughs) that uh, I was able to watch The NFL games on time The way I wanted to Which I really appreciate Um, I'm going to give a shout out to I guess I should give a serious shout out To the analyst desk uh, Amanda Stevens for organizing everything uh, Barry and veteran for talking to me uh, shout out to Walter Fetchuk for working his ass off for our guest alliance podcast, which we've been doing daily and uh, and have put a lot of time and effort into. Shout out to Obscurica and uh, and Magic, who are both going to be on later this week. I've already confirmed podcasts with them, and uh, I appreciate them continuing to give me time and and keep making content for you guys. And shout out to you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, and, and for mega li- shout out to you guys. And for listening this far, I think it's time to give you guys a uh, a little present. I promised I was going to tease this at the end of the last podcast. I didn't, and so this is going to be a special, a special thing for those of you who somehow managed to get through the intellectual playground thing. I'm not going to tweet it out, so only people who've gotten this far are going to know this super secret information. We have officially finished our petition to get the podcast onto iTunes. It has been submitted it has been submitted to, uh, to uh, Apple, and we are waiting for Apple to respond. Uh, Apple almost never denies these things, so I'm pretty confident that we should be up on iTunes by the end of this week. Which
1: you can be- find us in the club. Our bottles will be full of bub. Our podcast is what you need if you need to hear the buzz... I'm into having analysis. I am into making puns. So come give me a subscription <laughs> if you want to feel the friction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goodbye, internet.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I don't think I can end with
0: that. I what I'm with. <laughs> Just bye. Just bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>